Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, let's go to the BetQL guest line. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place your first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. Get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting BetQL.com. Let's go straight to the phone lines and go to Barry Zuluga. You can see Barry on Twitter with his namesake. How you doing, Barry? What's going on, brother? What's up, Brian? How are you? Doing I, well. Thanks. I'm doing fine, man. I mean, JP just went, he left me, went to vacation, and he left me by myself. So <laughs> Somebody's got to do it, man. Hey, somebody. So guess what? I'll get him back in a few weeks, believe me. Yes. But what's any, anything new on the sale of the commanders? So uh, not really that I uh, know of firsthand. I mean, I think it, last week was such a big, you know, bang, bang developments with, with first – the post story um, that Dan Snyder is essentially seeking protection from future actions against him if he does give up the team, which is, you know, riled up NFL owners and, and may, in fact, lead to, you know, that elusive can three quarters of them come up with a vote to, to vote him out. And then the, the ESPN report the following day that <clears throat> really traces the, you know, all the bad blood between Snyder and his former um, minority partners back to this line of credit that Dan apparently took out that they didn't know about, um, you know, led to some accusations of financial impropriety and maybe even criminal activity. So it, it just bubbles, Brian, it just bubbles. And then, you know, where, where are we on Jeff Bezos? You would think a, a reporter at a paper owned by Jeff Bezos might know something about that. And I don't know anything <laughs> about it. I mean, you, you, yeah. we're not, He's not in the cubicle next to mine, so I don't have uh, have access to that. But I, you know, it it feels like um, this is such an important development. There's no we can talk about Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy and and you know Ron Rivera and all the stuff that for normal franchises would be the talk of of an off season. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing more important than who owns this team and True. and if Dan Snyder sells it so as much as like you know your heart rate gets up thinking about all this stuff I, I take the long view and 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 say if this ends with a sale at any point that's the most important thing that should be the goal for for any fan that that there's a new owner a new direction and new hope at some point in the future. yeah i've been looking at it with the wait and see approach because i feel i looked at some stuff uh yesterday i think it was that popped up i think Rappaport put out something that said well some friend of somebody sent him some stuff saying that this guy, uh, I forgot the name of the person, was working on finalizing the deal to purchase the team. I'm like, okay, why did you post that? Because that basically said nothing. And it's like, let's say you or I walking down the street and somebody come up and say, yo, man, my friend, my friend's dad's about to buy this team. I don't think that's enough information for me to run to put on social media. Yeah, and I also, I mean – I think we probably talked about it this way before. Like if somebody said to me, would you that 
would own the Washington Commanders in, say, you know, March uh, 2024, I would say, no, I'd bet that somebody else owns it. I, I would say, you know, I, I think more than a 51% chance that, that he that he sells it. But I think you can simultaneously live in a world in which you won't believe that a sale has actually occurred until the ink is dry. I, I mean, there, it just – it, there's such a massive opportunity for a bait and switch here. And I think this fan base and those of us who have been, you know, you've been in that, um, in that building as an employee, you've been a media member here for as long as I've been here. I think those of us who have been around it and been exposed to it have been almost conditioned into pessimism or, or skeptic skepticism about you know, could a, a good development, a major good development actually happen? Um, it, it, you know, every time we think, oh, there's plans for a new stadium, well, something else falls through. You know, it's with something this massive, just the two plus decades of, oh, we've been disappointed, disappointed, disappointed again, has kind of got us into a mentality where it's hard to be hopeful about that stuff, if that makes yeah. any sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think for me, when I hear I hear a lot of stuff myself. I know people in and out of this city that works in different spots, and I really believe a new ownership comes, D.C. becomes uh, back into the race of getting a, a stadium built in it. Do you see that, or you don't? You think D.C. is completely out of it? No, you know it. It's I think it's a moving target, Brian. I mean, the current constitution of the D.C. Council certainly has a lot of members that. Um, are opposed to the RFK site as uh, as a use for a football stadium. They want it to be – they need more affordable housing. Um, they don't want it to infringe on the neighborhood in a way that they think it would out there. I, I'm – you know, I'm not in that camp, and I actually have on my list of things to do to reach out to some of those council members and talk through um, that issue. The stadium was there. Uh, there's plenty of space around it. It doesn't – it's not um, – you know, they – only 15 years ago, held 81 baseball games there uh, yeah. a summer. It, it's not overly disruptive. I don't live that far from there on, on Capitol Hill, and I, I don't find it to be offensive. Um, but you, you do have to you know, navigate um, the current political structure, whoever's in those seats uh, uh, at the time. We know the name had to change. The name has been changed. We think that maybe the owner had to change. Maybe the owner is changing. I'd love to see what the political landscape in the district looked like when we get to that point where there's a new name, a new owner, and and maybe it would seem attractive to some of those people to to put a football stadium there with some other multi-use, you know, could be retail, could be housing. There's plenty of space out there. Yeah, I I, I know that people have dug in the sand, but I always felt like, yeah, the D.C. Council, they have their right, but also the federal government has their rights to do stuff. And I believe if you get one of those people to start sliding the other way, the stadium is going to come back. Well, and that's that's an issue, too, right? I mean, we have to remember that that um, the district doesn't have control of the land yet. So we're a long ways to from coming to a solution on a, on a stadium site. But I also think, Brian, that if and I think you probably agree with this. If and when the ownership changes, you go from having three jurisdictions in the district, Maryland and Virginia, trying to distance themselves from helping this franchise build any sort of um, 
stadium that would involve, you know, infrastructure changes and commitment of dollars in that way to perhaps three jurisdictions, if not outright fighting and trying to outbid each other, at least competing against each other, saying we have the best situation for you going forward. I mean, I think that's another because if I were to rank like what the issues are around this franchise, and this doesn't even mean in the offseason of 2023, this is probably the offseason of any offseason in the last 10 years. It would be owner first, stadium second, quarterback third. And I, I think that's just kind of a, a permanent, um, it kind of hangs over over the franchise in, in that way. And, and it's possible if the owner changes, the stadium dynamics change completely. That quarterback thing, I'm glad you brought that up because I know we, we've heard uh, them talk throughout the offseason about uh, Sam Howell being the guy. And I think the answer that was given lately was a little different than what the first answer was. Like, he's going to be QB1. And then we always said, well, he's, he's one quarterback on the roster. Now they say he's going to get the opportunity to compete for it. Do you believe Sam Howell will be the starting quarterback next year or will they try to get somebody? Because I'm still stuck with when Ron was speaking, he was saying how people are going to find out what they're trying to do by him saying stuff. I think he's trying to pull okie doke by acting like they're not looking, but they're looking. That's possible, but I mean, who are they looking for? Is it a Jimmy Garoppolo type? And and then that is kind of a you know you you hand the job to the second year fifth round pick and and say go with it. But we've got kind of a safety net. I, I'm probably in the minority here, mm-hmm. but and Ron made a reference to, to Taylor Heineke maybe coming back. I, I think we know that Taylor Heineke is a backup in in the NFL. Uh, he's a backup quarterback. That's what he's. Um, he's best equipped to do. I do think it's possible that he could be, you know, one of the top six to eight backups of uh, in, mm-hmm. in the league and you want to be in that position. But I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be paralyzing for um, Howell to have, you know, that guy in the quarterback room as opposed to somebody in the Garoppolo, Andy Dalton, you know, veteran guy who's led, teams to playoffs and all that kind of stuff. I, I think the dynamic could be a, a little bit different. I, I think Ron's not always great on messaging. Um, I think what he's been trying to say is we think enough of this guy, um, especially considering where he was positioned for the draft, had he come out a year earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, we like his arm. We like what we've seen in practice. We're all concentrating on the fact that he's only thrown 19 passes in the one start. But they've they've got um, you know six months worth of, of or eight months worth of tape on on the kid from from practice. They know a little bit of what they've seen. Um, they don't want to hand him the job and just say you're the starter. Um, but I, I don't. I think I'm on. I think I come on, on the opposite side of you, Brian. I, I don't think there's some sort of great conspiracy that they're going to try to you know. Get Aaron Rodgers in here. Um, oh no, I don't think Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I don't think right. Aaron Rodgers. Okay. I just think yeah, because Aaron Rodgers. I think no, no, no. I, okay, okay. he coming with that fifty million dollars. They won't be able to build anything at that point. Correct. Yeah, Correct. I, I think but, that but would even, be like Derek Carr's off the board now. Yeah, he's like, off. I think you're getting to that next level of okay. This guy feels more like a retread backup, and they're going to let the kid go rather than somebody who's has the stature and is at the stage in his career where he comes in and he's automatically the starter would be my guess. And that it's just yeah. a guess. Well, I look at Sam and the thing about it, I'm, my, my daughter was at the little rookie uh, thing out in, uh, I think LA with him. And she came back, was raving about how nice he was and 
that I watch him play, you know, Jahan Dawson as well. So I, I'm pulling for both of those guys. I don't care if they, you know, I, I want them to get it. I'm just wondering, like, because when I'm telling you the truth about something, you could ask me the question 700 times. I give you the exact same answer. If I start switching my answer, I think you'll start saying, oh, is he trying to fool me about something? And I think that's a little bit of what I get. That's why I ask that well, question. I, okay, and I can see that, but I also think that you're pretty straightforward and Ron has a history of kind of dancing around stuff. I mean, it, it, what he's asked and his, his answer on a given day isn't necessarily consistent um, yeah. with what his answer will be in, in, in two weeks. And I don't think that's out of a, you know, I'm lying to you kind of thing. I, I just think he his his messaging externally is not always consistent. And that creates a little bit of a, huh, what's going on here in, in the fan base and, and yeah. amongst us who, who talk about this stuff. I think that's exactly it because I know I, I've had every, almost every coach I've been around, they have, they always think something and somebody's trying to do something. So they kind of talk in circles to keep you off, off base a little bit. Right. Yes. Right. I think that's right. <laughs> and I, this is the last thing I said about the, the quarterback situation. I, I do, I am excited, almost regardless of who the quarterback is, but particularly if it's Howell, to see what Eric Bieniemy yeah. builds and, and how he works this thing. Because from what I've been told, you know, he he understands um, the weapons that, that he has at his disposal. And, and he did, you know, help a young quarterback um, who sat for a year uh, behind Alex Smith you know, get, have instant success in, in um, a lineup that had a lot of weapons around him. And I'm not saying that Sam Howell is Patrick Mahomes. And I'm not saying that, you know, Terry uh, McLaurin is Tyreek Hill or whatever. Um, But there are some reasons to be excited that if you come in and build it from scratch around the guy's skill set, and he has, he's not being thrown to the wolves in terms of, um, you know, Daniel Jones, a lot of people were talking about his improvement. He had nobody really to throw to last, last year. Sam Howell or whoever plays that position with a new coordinator at the enemy is it's not an embarrassment of riches, but it's a strong skill set uh, group of guys. If they fix the line, I think you, you have good reason to think he could have decent success. We're talking to Barry Zuluga on the BetQL guest line. Barry, you brought up Daniel Jones and you've been around this thing long enough to know how to, franchise tag was developed to to be used. It was developed to be used to keep your players around. But did you ever think that it was going to have Lamar Jackson and Daniel Jones being both possibly tagged for the same amount of money? That's mind-boggling. <laughs> I mean, it, just, it just doesn't seem like the body of work yeah. adds up. Um, but, as, you know, in fairness to Jones, um, you know, he hasn't had – he got a coach who understood his – his skill set and and maximized it um, in Brian Dable, even though they didn't have great uh, weapons around him, um, and that could change this offseason if he if they go for a receiver in the draft or, or whatever. The the Lamar thing is just um, it's just baffling because the the Ravens publicly say, you know, John Har- Harbaugh at every turn says this is our guy. I love him. We love him. We love him. We love him. Um, you you wonder about how much not having a professional agent uh, actually has impacted this mm-hmm. impacted this thing, not knowing anything personally. I would, I would think that that's, that's a factor. Um, but it is, it's just crazy to think that somebody who's been an MVP and, and is 
you know, the unquestioned centerpiece of, of one franchise and a guy who, you know, on opening day um, of the 2022 season in New York, I mean, I mean, I don't even think the fan base would have been split on whether they wanted him out of there. I think it probably would have been 65, 35 against Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. It's, those don't seem like equal valued uh, people or players. Nah, they don't. And I, like for me, I, I was there when they started talking about all the franchise tag and, we were looking based at the NBA how they can keep their top players year after year after year. And this thing has gone from that mindset to basically it's like a punishment. You know, it's weaponized. Yeah, it's weaponized to where we don't want to give you a long-term deal. We're going to give you the franchise tag. And normally when a guy gets tagged, I start expecting within two years he's gone from the team because they can't do it the third year because you're going to have to give them the, the, the average of the top five plus 30% on top of that. They're not going to ever do that. It's, I mean, you know, it gets you back to um, Kirk Cousins' time here, and we can debate whether he was the right person for the job for the long term. He's certainly unquestionably the most productive quarterback they've had here over a period of years since since the Super Bowl years. Um, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with Deron Payne on that. Like, it, yeah. you know, he's going to make a lot of money in 2023. He's not guaranteed anything beyond that. What does that create um, ill will with the front office? Can they get a deal done before the season? You know, it doesn't mean they can't extend him and get something done um, longer term. But it, you're right, Brian, that it it the intent and the reality all these years later are, are not adding up. And I, I don't know enough about it to say it needs to change, but but it definitely. It, it has gone from, oh, you're, you got the franchise tag. That means you're going to make, you know, X amount of dollars. Well, that's great for you to, wow, they don't want you long term. And, and this is, you know, uh, what have you done for me lately, um, league? Yeah. And it, if you only have this one-year deal, you're probably out of here in a couple of years. Like the average fan looks at the $18.9 million and they go, oh, that's a lot of money. But I think Deron Payne and his agent look at the fact that if he was on an open market this year, he'd get $21, $22 million on a long-term deal and probably get about 45 of that up front. <laughs> yeah. And so that 18 to 45 makes a lot of a difference. And I, I think that um, fans need to understand, like, don't get me wrong. Everybody would say that $18.9 million is, is a, a, a tremendous amount of money um, mm-hmm. for, for one year. And if you told 10 year old Deron Payne that some year that somebody would pay him that much money to play one season of football, you'd be jumping up and down and his parents would be jumping up and down. But the market matters yeah. um, and, and it's your duty as a player to understand that the careers are short and they are fragile. And it's, it's your job, not in a selfish way, um, but in a practical uh, way to, to read the market, to understand the market, to understand your own worth. Because if, if you're not making um, proper market value, uh, that brings the market down for everybody else. So mm-hmm. it doesn't, it reads as a selfish thing for players. It shouldn't read that. Fans should understand, like, these guys have to get what they're worth. They have to do right by themselves. This is a multi, multi, multi billion dollar industry. And and if the money is not going to the players, it's staying with the owners. And, and who wants them to get richer and richer and richer? So I'm I'm almost always on the player's side in this situation. I think it's just like, you know, as simple as when you do appearances in a certain town and if you're at a certain level, you can't accept a certain amount of money. Because if you, do, if you cut down, then you hurt the other people behind you. I think it's the same thing in football. So, you know, and the people that, like, they look at the money, they got to understand they operate in a different 
atmosphere than we all do when it comes to money. So we can't compare our money to their money. The principle has to be the same, though. Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. it, whether you're a plumber or a football player, like like you have to understand what are people of my abilities and my experiences getting paid around me, and I should be paid in a commensurate way. Just the fact that um, it's millions of dollars and more money than, than most of us can imagine, or you know, people have to work 40 years to make what, what one of these guys is going to make in one year, that that it's hard to divorce yourself from that, but you have to divorce yourself from that. If you're, if you're trying to consider what a player's motivation is, um, why he's upset to be, uh, you know, not committed to long-term and just remember that, especially in the NFL where, where most of these deals are not guaranteed or only a percentage of them are, are guaranteed. It is a year to year, month to month, week to week business, and things can change in a hurry. If you don't get it when you're due, you're risking not getting it at all. All right. Well, Barry, man, we appreciate you giving us some time, man. We, we made a lot more people smarter. Let's say it like that. <laughs> Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. <laughs> all right. We'll talk one. to you next week, man. That's Barry Saluga joining us here from the Washington Post. You can get him on Twitter at Barry Saluga. Uh, join us on the Beck Hill guest line. We're going to take us a quick break here. And when we get back, let's talk about that a little bit. Daniel Jones, Lamar Jackson, post, both possibly will be tagged. Does that seem fair to you in any way, looking at what Lamar has accomplished? and what Daniel Jones has accomplished. He mentioned Finley, 106.7 The Fan. We'll be right back. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.